Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Basil Meets podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, this is going to be a special episode for me, and um, I'd really like to thank Anrami for making this episode become a reality. Of course, Anrami being the leading music platform here in the region uh, with hundreds of thousands of songs spanning from lots of genres, and I fell in love with them when I found out that they had a whole lot of rock and roll. And um, I remember I, I downloaded Anrami when I found out that they had the full Metallica discography, and you know I was sold. Uh, but what makes this episode very special is that I've been trying to get this guest for a really, really long time. And um, and I tried many avenues, but finally Anrami came through and you know got me this interview. So thank you so much um, to the guys at Anrami, Rami and Mark, for really um, making this come through. Um, of course, my next guest needs no introduction, but uh, I'm going to take a minute just to say that I'm a huge fan. And you probably will tell from, you know, how excited I sound during this podcast. But, uh, but yeah, he's, he's a great guitar player, um, founded or co-founded one of the greatest rock bands in history, Guns N' Roses. And uh, he is touring behind a solo record right now, which is incredible, called Living the Dream from Slash and the Conspirators. Well, I, I just gave it away, I guess. Slash is my guest today. Uh, it is a milestone for this podcast, and uh, it is a milestone. When I when I look at my microphone, my Blue Yeti microphone that I bought two years ago, and, and I think about the decision of buying this microphone back then, like, am I going to waste 600 dirhams um, on buying this microphone and not follow through on a podcast? When I look at this microphone and I think about having Slash as a guest two years later, uh, well, a year and a half later, I'm just so immensely proud of the work that's been put into this podcast. And just thank you for everybody who tuned in and made this podcast what it is today. Um, I also want to thank Hind for Hind Anaptawi for um, for really uh, helping me shoot this podcast. She's incredible. She's super talented. And every time you see one of those Basil Meets videos, the more recent ones, actually, it's always been Hind's work. She's fantastic. Uh, I'd like to thank also Kane Rodriguez and Miltiadis Kivernides for working on the sound. We've had a lot of sound issues before um, sort of cleaning up the sound of this podcast. So these two magicians came in and did wonders on the sound. So thank you guys so much. And of course, thanks to Daniel Adham, my wife for actually coming out to Abu Dhabi with me and uh, helping me out with shooting this thing and uh, and sort of recording, uh, helping Hind and myself in, in recording this podcast and the video of this podcast. Uh, it was an all-family crew, and uh, we're just super happy and super honored. So I'm not going to talk more. Uh, just enjoy this. It's 15 minutes. We had 15 minutes with a guitar legend, with a rock, rock and roll legend. And uh, yeah, enjoy this, guys. Have a good one. Sitting here today. Well, welcome back to the Basilmi's podcast. This is a special Anrami episode. Yeah. We're sitting with the man, the legend, <laughs> Slash. I never thought I'd say this on my podcast, but oh my God, 
I'm sitting with you here on the Best of Meat podcast. It is an absolute honor for me. Oh, that's sweet. Thanks. Absolute <laughs> honor for me. Actually, I have a funny story. Back in 2010, November 2010, mm-hmm. I think you were new on Twitter back then. Yeah. And uh, you were very active. And I tweeted out at you on my birthday. And I was like, hey, Slash, it's my birthday. And can you wish me happy birthday so my friends could be jealous? And lo and behold... I got a DM. It was from you. And it says, happy birthday, Basil. I was like, oh, my God. I just told everybody at that yeah, time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. 2010, that sounds about right. Like 2009, 2010 is when I first started using all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, b- back then, 2010, it was a time where you were releasing your first uh, sort exactly. of solo record. That's how I got into it. I mean, prior to that, I was never interested in you know, Facebook or what was the, what was the thing at the time? Um, Oh, that uh, the the big the big site, big social networking site. That's there was available. Facebook, there was Twitter, there was MySpace. MySpace, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> anyway, so I never got into all that. But then when I started doing my own solo thing, and that was also with my own record company, I was solely responsible for everything. I thought, well, yeah, what a great way to interact with fans, or, you know, with Twitter, where you can actually tell people what's going on directly. And that's that's how I sort of got into all that. And it's funny because I mean, like that tweet. And here I am today. It's always coming full circle. But for me, it's 2010. It was the year where you were sort of like releasing your your initial record. And there was a lot of great frontmen at that Mm -hmm. time where you were working with frontmen and women at that time. You know, from Lemmy to... It was a really cool project. It was amazing. It was something that I set out to do that had been on my mind um, during the Velvet Revolver days. You know, I was like, what am I going to do? I have this thing I want to do at some point when I have time. And uh, it turned out to be something that uh, I was really passionate about. I really had the, I was fortunate enough to be able to get all these different artists to work on that record with me. And looking back on it, it was an impossible record to make, but somehow I managed to do it. It was amazing. You know, it was a really so. good record. And that's also how I met Miles Kennedy and how we well, started what, this whole thing. Exactly. Know? That was what my question was. How do you, you landed on Miles Kennedy and out of all that like pool of amazing vocalists, mm. Like you went to Miles Kennedy and you subsequently created multiple records with him. Well, Why Miles and how did that relationship sort of come about? It's it's an interesting. It's, it's probably a longer story than we actually have time for. But in a nutshell, when I was working with all those d- different people, a good majority of them I knew, and then there were some people that I didn't know. But um, you know, they everybody had their sort of their thing that they were doing. And when I thought of Miles Kennedy, it was only because I'd heard his name thrown around so many times and I was curious. He had to be good. I mean, at that time, he'd just flown back from having done a bunch of rehearsals with Led Zeppelin for a tour that they were thinking about doing that they right. ended up not doing. And I was like, this guy's got to be good. We actually... Uh, uh, went out to him to audition for Velvet Revolver before Scott Weiland came into it, and he just never showed up. What? That's the only thing, yeah. <laughs> so so uh, I got in touch with him, and I asked him if he'd be interested on singing this one piece of music that I had, because the rest of the record was done. But I had two songs that were really cool pieces of music that I could never figure out who should sing. So at this point, you start just doing crazy shit. So I thought, well, let me check out this guy who I've never heard sing that I've heard of, and see what happens. And so I talked to him on the phone, he said, send it, and I sent him the music. And about a couple days, you know, three or four days later, the, the, I got an MP3 and I was like, oh, here it is, press play, and it was fucking amazing. Yeah. And I was like, wow. And, you know, so I flew him out to LA and we met for the first time and we got along really well. 
And uh, he was just totally cool. And he did this amazing vocal. And I said, you want to do one other one? And that was a song called Back From Cali. So Star Starlight and Back From Cali. And at that point, realizing what kind of range he had, as I was trying to figure out how I was going to tour on this record, couldn't get all these different people to come and sing on the road. But Miles, you know, he had the kind of range where he could do the stuff that was on that record and probably the, the Guns N' Roses stuff and some Velvet Revolver stuff and, you know, that whole sort of catalog. And uh, I asked him and he signed on to do it. And so then I met Brent Fitz and Todd Kearns and we rehearsed for about a week and set out on the road. And we've been together ever since. It was that magic combination of people that just, you know, just sparked. Yeah. That's that's phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't happen all the time. It doesn't. No. So it's such a good match between you and him. It's, yeah. It's absolutely, it's a match made in heaven. It's a rock and roll heaven. You know, th these two forces coming together was such an incredible. We have a good time doing it, and I mean, so for me. That's what makes it really work is, is musically we get along really well, personally we get along really well and we just have sort of a natural chemistry that we don't have to think about. It's a very simple, straightforward band. There's not a lot of bells and whistles. We write some stuff and we get, we get together jam until we produce enough material to make a record. Yeah. And then we record it and go on the road. Well, you know, I was listening to Living the Dream, and obviously it's one of my favorite rock albums this year, and maybe in the last five years, easily one of the best rock albums that came out. Wow. And honestly, like, this is just, as a rock fan, been a rock fan for like 20 years, this album is phenomenal. It's awesome. Thank and you. one thing I noticed is there was a lot of, like, slash it's unapologetically slash, right? You got your Velvet Revolver in there, you got your GNR in there, you got, you got even the Cowbell sometimes, and and it just the and I, I thought about you touring in the past couple of years, and then this record coming out at the same time. Did that influence you in the writing process uh, of that album? I don't. I, don't um, I mean, in some indirectly, everything is relative, right? But I I don't think there was any kind of conscious direct influence from the the Guns tour into the making of the of the Conspirators record. Because um, I, I think, you know, a lot of that material was written, not in its entirety, but a lot of those ideas came from the World on Fire tour. Oh, okay. Because before I knew the guns thing was going to happen, I was just doing our normal thing, which is I ride on the road, and then at the end of the tour, whenever we have a break, we go into a little room and we start jamming out these ideas. And so we had started doing that. And then the Guns N' Roses thing came along. And so as soon as the World on Fire tour ended, instead of going into pre-production, I went out with Guns N' Roses and that looked, went on for, you know, uh, at, before I could get into the studio to do the Conspirators record, it was a year and a half. Wow. So when uh, we did have a break, I said, okay, let's go and grab those old ideas. And then I wrote some new ones over Christmas. And, uh, and so put all that together and started pre-production. And it was really more of a celebration of getting back together after almost two years, yeah. you know? So I don't think it was really directly influenced by the sort of Guns tour at all. There's a song um, on that record, um, The One You Loved Is Gone, uh -huh. uh, which I think is my personal favorite. Okay. Um, it's just such a complete record, uh, such a complete song. It feels, to me, uh, it feels very personal, very... Uh, um, and I'm sure for you, when you wrote that, I'm sure there was something there that was personal. How did you and Miles sort of agree on the, you know, the topic, the, uh, you know, the sort of... We never really discussed that. We, whenever we write music, uh, write anything, you know, I'll just come up with 
uh, a very simple arrangement of ideas for one song, right? And he'll start coming up with melodies. And we'll work up the whole song, the whole arrangement together um, with Brent and Todd and, and get it just so that we have all the arrangement together. Um, and then when we're in the studio is when the, the, the ideas for his lyrics really crystallize, right? So, you know, where his ideas for lyrics come from could be co a completely different place from where I thought where, where the music idea came from. Yeah. I mean, initially that song was inspired, believe it or not, was I wrote the, the intro for Walking Dead. Because at that time, Walking Dead didn't really have any other music outside of its score music. Yeah. And so I was push, trying to push them to play like an original song on there, but they wouldn't go for it. Oh, wow. Because it's me, and they don't want to have any recognizable existing names as part of the Walking Dead world. Interesting. And so it never happened, but it was always a good musical idea. And I introduced it to Miles to see if he would come up with something so we could create a song for Walking Dead. So he had some melodies and whatnot, but the lyrics became something completely different by the time we recorded it in 2018. Wow. Um, you know, you've, you've toured a lot in the past couple of years. You had time to put out a record. Uh, you've been, you know, you, you could say you're a very busy man, you know, you, you've just do, done a lot, not just throughout the past couple of years, but throughout your career. What kind of advice would you give people who, maybe not just musicians, but just in general, people who want to achieve what you've achieved? Did you have some kind of guiding principle for you that sort of guides you in a certain way? Um, I, for the most part, you know, because there is a lot of stuff, like as we sit here, the, th the things that I'm planning on doing now, and it's really sort of, you know, setting your goals on something and then just doing it. Come hell or high water, you have to figure out how to make it happen. Right. And you'll always have obstacles and you have to think around the obstacles and somehow manage to conquer those and continue on. So it's really, it's, it's about desire, you know, or passion and perseverance more than anything. And that's something you've, I mean, you, cause you've been a lot through, you know, through a lot of like ups and downs yeah, yeah. and a lot of changes. It's, and yeah. It's just sticking to what it is that you feel, you know, really, really strongly about right. and just going for it and not letting anything really get in your way. That's awesome. Um, Easier said than done. But. <laughs> yeah, but you know, that's why I'm here today, right? I mean, I wouldn't have never thought that I could be sitting right in front of you when I bought this mic a couple of years ago, you know, and... Oh, this is your mic. That's my mic. Yeah, you know, it's like, it's becoming a symbol of my conversations. Um, I think for me, uh, I wanted to maybe wrap it up and say uh, how, you know, you, you've, you've, you've come to the region before. This, uh -huh. is, uh, this is not your first time. Mm -hmm. And uh, you've done something in Lebanon, you've done something here in the UAE. Um, how is it to sort of break barriers and sort of like not think of the borders and just sort of like your music translates well? Well, it's a great statement about music in general because, mm -hmm. and I know this, it's a cliche at this point, a lot of people have said it, but one of the things that you can do when it comes to relating to different people of all you, you know, wherever they come from is through music. It's such a universal thing. So that you can almost be isolated in one place and hear about another place and have maybe heard different whatever's about it so you have no idea what that's like. And then you go there as a musician and you just start playing and you realize that everybody's really the same. Right. You know, and it's, and it's all these sort of differences are built up in people's perceptions as they speak about them or as they put them on TV and they create this thing that doesn't really exist when you're 
out, you know, sort of doing this, this, this universal thing called music where people just sort of show up and everybody's just themselves and it's not a big deal. And it's really, really um, enlightening, you know, yeah. as um, a human being. You know. So Rami, this is, uh, people are going to be watching this on Anrami. Um, people are going to be listening to this through the podcasts and through the, uh, the visual element as well. Anything you want to tell your fans here in, in the region as a shout out maybe or something? Um, I just, you know, I'm just really thankful that I got a chance to come over here. I mean, it's, it really went back. The first gig I ever played over here was with Velvet Revolver. And that was back in, I think it was, it was 2007 or something. I'm 2008, 2008. I was there. <laughs> right. and, and that was my first experience in, in probably the most foreign place that I'd been to at that right. time. You know? And it was great, you know, had no idea what to expect and how we would go over, you know. And we just started playing in there and there was just a sea of kids just rocking, you know. And, and it just... It, It's a good example of how things are not what they seem, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, Slash, this is, has been an incredible honor for me um, and for the team here. Oh, um, uh, thank you so much for giving us your I know, time. It's, not, not a problem at all. It, it's good it, to it's talk absolutely about. wonderful to talk to you and absolutely, absolutely great to have this time with you. So thank you so much. I hope you rock tomorrow. Oh, I'm sure you will yeah, be. I'm really looking forward to it. I'll be there right in front singing every song. And I hope that you and Miles and the conspirators can come we'll back here again. We'll definitely be back here. I'm hoping maybe in January, but if not January, the following summer you heard it here first guys january slash miles kennedy the conspirators they're coming here so uh, thank you so I'm much i'm hoping i didn't say hope, for hope. Sure. yes yes <laughs> asterisk hope hope <laughs> if not then we'll work it out some other time yeah, yeah. thank you so much i really appreciate it's it thank good. you Thanks, thank man. you cheers